I'm singing a song right now, Tim. Oh, sorry. I thought we were doing a podcast, not your karaoke. Oh, crap. Wrong podcast, guys. Should we do a music podcast? We should, and we are. That's what we're doing today? Yes. We're just transitioning right away into it. Live from Isaac's apartment house Apartment house? This is a bedroom Bedroom. in my parents' house. You're giving me more credit than I need. Yes, because you deserve it, and you need it. That's okay. It's live from episode 80. It's not awkward if it's not with Tim Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, guys. I'm glad to be back. Tim Smith is on the show. My name is Isaac Ransom. We're just going to jump straight into it because I started with a song. Usually we're very off topic, but um, yes, I'm Isaac, and this is Everything Comes From Something, episode 80, dun, as dun, Tim dun, just dun. said. Um, <clears throat> today we're going to be talking about indie music in the 2000s. What is indie music? Why are we talking about it? We'll get into all of it, but first, I just want to let you know, if you enjoy the show, you can throw a couple bucks our way on patreon.com slash ecfspodcast. Uh, you can get access to questions read on air on the show, or you can also get access to a monthly exclusive podcast. Nothing to do with anything. We launched a special one uh, for January. You can have access to it. Even if you subscribe now and you sign up for the RSS feed, that is all about a, it's like a movie show podcast that Cameron and I have wanted to do. We basically pitched a trial run for our patrons. Like a test pilot. Yes. Tim, you're not a patron, are you? I have not. You're homeless. What am I What am I saying? Because I'm elite, but I'm on that <laughs> podcast for the record-breaking five times. So. Yes, I, I, I think you are our most invited guest on the show. The joke's on you. Well, maybe it's between you and Juzo. Yeah. So Ooh. I guess we'll probably have to do a death match if we're going to hire one of you guys. That's going to be an awkward match, just me and him. <laughs> just talking. <laughs> no one can hear us clearly. That'll be the day when I let you host the show and, you know, I, I'm not here. I'm not. That's never going to happen. Well, I guess new. never say never, right? Right. Well, well, hey, if you don't have a few dollars our, to throw our way, you can always just give us a rating on iTunes or uh, Spotify. I don't know if Spotify has ratings. Tell friends and family. That's how the podcast grows. That's what it's all about. Tim, we never get into a topic this fast. It's only two minutes. Usually it takes us like 20 minutes to start. Yeah, we have tons of stuff to cover and we can get into it right away. We can. Do you have a question or, for me? Since you're usually my fallback guy for questions. I mean, I I got to be honest with our. I mean, if you sign up for Patreon, you get a lot more than the homeless guy th- than just your questions read on air and the the exclusive episode. Um, I got to be real. None of our patrons ask questions. Hmm. The last question that was sent to us was in September. Other questions have been unofficially submitted through text message form because I know a lot of the patrons personally, and uh, yeah, it's just like it's so, a scam, guys. They I'm not know. I'm not saying that I'm pitching hard for the Patreon, but like. Seriously, if you ask a question, it'd probably be in on the show because uh, pretty soon he'll include a date with you guys too. <laughs> well, you never know, Tim. You know you're my fallback guy for questions. I'll text you before we start recording. Do you, Do you have any questions besides uh, what is going down? Yeah, do you want? I have two questions. Something yeah. to do with music or no music? It doesn't matter. Okay. What did you think of the Iowa and the whole? Democratic debate. Oh my gosh! Getting straight into politics. politics. Well, it actually relates to the topic a little bit, right? I get. Didn't yeah. you say that there were artists playing? Yeah. Like every couple of years when they have the election, they have... I never knew that. I didn't realize this until now. I didn't realize that musicians played at political events. Usually it's more of the hip indie crowd that goes to the left side. So yeah. Like the National with Hillary Clinton or... The National played with Hillary Clinton? And Barack Obama back in 2008. Wow. So yeah. 
I didn't know that. Yeah. They're super politically far left liberal people, but it's music and I love them. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't matter. Like, musicians always seem to infuse their politics into whatever their music is. Yeah. Um, Which is the right. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, they're expressing themselves. So, but this is interesting. I never, like, I never knew what, like, I never knew that that was a thing. I guess, I guess politicians got to put on a show, right? Yeah. Somehow. Does the, like, before the debates or whatever the speeches, do do the musicians play live for, like, television and everything? Or is it like, oh, if you're there, you get to witness it? I think a little bit since more of the social media, they'll stream it live on Facebook oh, okay. or Instagram or Twitter. Interesting. It's like a little, however long speech, and then they play for like 15 songs, 10 songs, whatever. So And it's free, so. Yeah. Is it free to go to those? Yeah. I'm not sure oh. if Bernie of them pay for them, but it's free for the audience. Yeah, I just never had thought about that. I guess I I don't I need to get out to more political events or something. Yeah, or not free concerts right there, baby. I mean, maybe that's why half the people go. You think? Yeah, definitely. Oh For yeah, Vampire Weekend. Ah uh, yeah, so Vampire Week. Who played uh, at Iowa? You know, as I know of, it's Vampire Weekend and Bonnie Vare. They pay back to back nights. Hey, we saw Bonnie Vare yeah. together. Yeah, and we talk about them a little bit more in the show and. Yeah. Was that so? So the Iowa caucus. What did I think? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Did you pay attention? I, I'm busy. About, did you pay attention? What happened? No, so, I didn't pay attention at all. Not really. Okay. So Monday night they had the whole event, like pretty much the early starts of the voting, and then results came in. It was like all screwed up. Next couple of days, they finally gave out the right answer, like the correct answers. By the bad time that time, Brink got screwed. Like he was in the lead, and then but the judge was right there, and then they. I don't know. They screwed up. Buttigieg was in the in the front. Yeah, and really. Uh, and then it was way for Biden because he came in fourth. Yeah, and Biden so, came in fourth. Yes. Oh, that's so unique. So we actually did a podcast episode about the Democratic candidates, where their beliefs stood, and and I actually had a lot of fun learning about them um, because I usually don't do a ton of research on all the candidates, but that's interesting. So wait, who Buttigieg was in the lead? I think so. I'm not sure if that was the final count. Wow. I've always, like, honestly, I like Andrea Yang, Mm -hmm. and his presence as a politician is is authentic, or at least it comes off authentic. Half the time when I'm looking at a politician, I'm like, you're just putting on a show, you know? Mm -hmm. But Andrea Yang has a way about, even though I don't agree with him on a lot of things. Yeah, he's a pretty smart dude, trying out different stuff. Yeah, and I think he talks pretty authentically. So, mm-hmm. But you guys didn't come here for our, our political opinions. Anyways, today's subject, as I already said, is all about indie music. What the heck is indie music? I, I guess specifically like indie rock, right? Because So the, the main reason I want to talk about this is because I invited Tim on the show. Cameron wasn't available to talk. And half the time, Tim and I, when we hang out, we just listen to music like in the car. So we'll be going somewhere or doing something or going to a concert and we'll be what I like to call hot boxing music, right? Mm. We'll just be playing different songs. Sometimes we'll even get to the place and we'll start arguing about music and, and start passing the aux cable and trying to like listen to other songs and say, well, have you heard this? Have you listened to this? Tim, you're very on top of your music awareness. I try to be. Thank you. What like drives that desire? I mean, is it just a hobby? Is it something... Because do you make music or... No, I've tried multiple times, but I've just given up on that. Yeah. So I just stick to listening and attending concerts. But mm. I've kind of got tired of the whole concert thing for a little bit. Yeah. So... What burned you out? I mean, you were going to a lot of concerts. Yeah. You, I think you did... Wasn't there a year where you did a concert every month? Yeah. That's wild to me. 
Like I go to a concert maybe once a year, maybe. And I guess it was easier at that time. I was able, I, a little bit, I was working more and it was, it seemed like I waste my time on that stuff. Not as I'm getting older, it's, I'm so really young, but I have to focus on different stuff and I'm like dedicating that more to that than the concerts. Yeah. I mean, I just, they cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You can have really negative experiences at concerts. I've noticed. We've talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes people just seriously ruin the show for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's cause I'm a, an old grandpa <laughs> at, at heart or something, but yeah, I just get beyond frustrated with that stuff. And, and I've kind of been traumatized at concerts too. Really? Yeah. You want but, to share any experiences? Yeah. Actually one time. I leaving a festival, I was getting in my car and then at the corner of my eye, I see a group of people rushing me. Yeah. Like I'm not sure what they're doing. I just, and I just book it and that scared the crap out of me. Really? Yeah. It was like in San Francisco. They're just coming to jump you or something. I had no idea. It was like five of them or six of them. They oh, just geez. rushed my car. Like, dang. Yeah. And I booked there so quickly. I don't know. That kind of made me not want to go by myself as much Crazy anymore. Crackheads. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. By the way, I know we didn't even mention it, but did I say it at the beginning? I what? feel like dazed and confused right now. Go for the it. song I played at the beginning of the episode. Oh yeah, Cage the Elephant, Cigarette Daydream. So I mean, the reason I brought up Cage the Elephant is they were one of the first indie bands that kind of sticks in my mind. They're not even indie now; they're huge, mm-hmm. right? They're they're at massive festivals. They've had top chart songs, but as I began to sort of explore what indie music was or is right cage the elephant was one of those bands that i was like man like when i heard their music i thought to myself i want to hear more stuff like this i want to explore more music around this style i don't want to just listen to the charts i want to kind of veer off right and hear like what is happening in a scene over here and cage the elephant opened me up to listening to a lot of different other artists and i think this is how a lot of individuals today will connect with indie music um before we really get into that, I, I think we need to define what indie music is, kind yeah. of where its origin is. Definitely. Would you like um, to give the answer? Yes. The definition? Go so we're it. pulling the definition from Wikipedia. Um, you know, if you hate Wikipedia, what are you, like a high school teacher or something? Come on. I mean, it's great information. That's all. all I got. And what's it's the free. De- like, what's the deal with high school teachers? Like, you can't quote Wikipedia. I know. I don't it's know. It's wrong. I mean. It's too easy for us. Li- it like literally says, the free encyclopedia. Maybe it's too biased or too wrong, but it's getting to the point that's so good now. Anyways. Let's do it. Indie rock is a genre of rock music that originated in the United States and the United Kingdom in the 1970s. Uh, it, was usually descri- it usually described independent record labels, um, but is a term that associated with music that they produced and was initially interchangeable with alternative rock, which I've always been kind of confused about. Like, what's the difference between alternative and indie? As uh, grunge and punk revival bands popped up in the U.S. and U.K., um, they began to break into the mainstream in the 1990s. And it also became identified that those acts retained an outsider or underground perspective. And in the 2000s, um, as a result of changes in the music industry and the growing importance of the internet, some indie rock acts began to enjoy commercial success, leading to the question of the meaningfulness of the term, right? Mm-hmm. What is indie music? So, like, let's kind of talk about that internet revolution around music. All right. Real quick. Do you agree with that statement, what they're saying, or do you have any quibbles? I think it's spot on. I think so, too. I mean, I took a history of rock and roll class, and that sort of 
explain i mean it kind of explains how there's always been split genres from the mainstream mm-hmm. and when when you're talking about genres of music like indie right i'm no expert but what i'll notice is that indie music pulls from a lot of other rigid rigid defined genres mm-hmm. so for instance punk rock hip hop hip hop funk right like you'll listen to a a rock band and then mix elements of funk into it and suddenly you have an indie band that's like pulling from those two things are they rock are they funk no they're just indie music right that's what people say people don't call music alternative anymore right right Mm -hmm. i mean sure spotify says alternative rock i don't know what that is like i have no idea what that is i'm i'm a little confused on what it like is honestly yeah real quick my i think when it comes to that that's more of a radio term i believe not not like a professional term but more like imagine dragons or lovely the band like the stuff you hear on the radio and that's more alternative like when i think of alternative rock i think of it's what's the band that you think of imagine dragons it's really like, no like, to me because imagine dragons to me is like the sad i mean and we did an episode about where the bands went uh on this show before but like Imagine Dragons is modern definition of rock, which is pathetic. It's sad to me, right? Yeah, I get. Yeah, like I get. for me, when I think of alternative rock, I think of a band like The Fray. I don't know why. That's the first band that comes to mind. Yeah, the same. They're in the same category, I believe. I uh, like acoustic guitar. Like I think of that song Iris mm-hmm. by Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. I'm like, that's alternative rock. It sounds like it's mind-numbing music, kind of, or there's like no real energy or life it's just there that's how i define alternative rock yeah it's strange right that's yeah. that's kind of like my thought process behind it but when you say indie suddenly you're like it's music that kind of sticks out right mm-hmm. music that's like oh it's in your face like you know it's a fusion of something you've never heard it's like going to that restaurant where they're serving uh sushi tacos and you're like these two combos aren't supposed to go together but for some reason it tastes good i like it mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. and and i i think indie is so malleable and almost like cosmic ever-changing yeah that it's hard to talk about it unless you're considering a pinpoint time period where you were listening to indie music and then it can be defined you know what i mean because Mm -hmm. indie music in the 90s is very different than indie music in the 2000s and even the 2000s indie music is different from the 2010s right right because, I mean, even in this write-up from Wikipedia, they're talking about how punk and grunge were indie in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, punk and grunge, now they are they are their own genres, mm-hmm. right? Where in the past, it's like, who named grunge grunge? Who named punk punk? I don't know. <laughs> right. But now they're like, oh, a majority of these indie bands kind of sound similar together, and now we're going to put them in a category. I think it's easier to... Looking looking back at the past, it's easier to differentiate the difference. Yeah. But maybe at a time when it's like all new, you just categorize it at that same as to simplify it. I mean, what do you think of this, Tim? Do you think that anthem rock will be a genre eventually? I think, I'm not sure how much the rock part, but the anthem is always, it's always going to be big, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of a... That's also one of those terms that's like, what is anthem? But like, when I think of like big bands today that are are forming from indie, I think of like Coldplay. Yeah, like point. Coldplay has that anthem thing. You too. Even, even the National, right? Yes. The National, which is has indie origins, 
they're very anthem centered mm-hmm. when they perform, right? I, how many times have you seen the national? Seen them five times. Five times. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You're a big national fan. Favorite band of all time. I, I, really? That's the, I doubt that's going to change. Uh-huh. I just love them so much. But even Arcade Fire, another band we probably talked about later in the podcast. Their yeah. presence live is flipping amazing. This sort of energy that they give. They've and they have their share of controversies of like this isn't pop. They sold out or this is indie. They sold out. Like once they run Grammy of the Year, album of the year, a couple of years ago, who be that like Beyonce and a couple other people. But mm. yeah. So to, just to give an example of what we're sort of talking about, when I think of anthem rock, I think of like really reverberated drums, like boom, boom, right? Like, or you think of that que- like Queens, like we will rock you mm-hmm. kind of sound. I mean, the national has elements. I mean, is there a song that you want to recommend we kind of turn up for listeners to get an idea? For the national? Yeah. Hmm, what about to- Sleep Well? beast no i'd go back to trouble will find me all right and then there it is and then probably sea of love all right let's listen to this sea of love by the national by the way you know we don't know any of the copyright stuff or or terms at all so if you're an artist and you're listening to this and your song plays just know we're loving you we're trying to promote you um if we ever get in trouble for this we're probably just gonna have to take the episode down but enjoy it while it lasts i guess Here is Sea of Love. So yeah, you can hear like the strong, mid-overdriven guitars. The drums, the pounding drums. Pounding. The National, like the reason I could never really get into the National, and as far as like the anthem rock goes, is he has such like a dragging vocal, Mm -hmm. you know? Definitely. Very like down. So for like anthem rock, for me, the album, what was that album I just said? Sleep Sleep Well Beast. Mm -hmm. That's where it almost came to like fruition with his like anthem sound coming out, even though he has that droning vocal. I'd say probably this Day I Die is the one I think of specifically, just because the drums come in really loud Mm -hmm. and you get like kind of that crowd, like you could feel like the crowd really coming through. It almost even sounds live here. Yeah, you know? And that's, I think that's what they're going for, right? Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, they they really leaned into a strength there. I think, you know, you think of Kings of Leon, Arcade Fire. Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys is a perfect example. It's on this list that we have somewhere. Yeah. Nine. That kind of sound. Young the Giant, I think, is a good fit. Um, Muse. Muse has... Muse borders on, like, psychedelic almost in some ways. Yeah. Um, I've always been, like, on the edge with Muse. I don't know what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. I like them, but I can never go out of my way to listen to them. And so, like, I don't know. It's strange. Obviously, we're going down a rabbit hole really quick. Um, Before we kind of list off the indie bands of the 2000s that we think are influential and maybe sort of narrow in on our thoughts on what indie music is, specifically in the 2000s, um, let's sort of start with, like, why we're talking about the 2000s in, in particular, and I was already mentioning it, right? Mm-hmm, that exposure. Right. That exposure to the music that kind of launched us into being explorers of underground music or music that, that is released and, and maybe not everyone's listening to. I mean, there was a time in my life where I took a lot of pride in being a cringy hipster <laughs> and, and being like, I listened to this artist first before they were famous, you know? And I, Tim, I'm sure you have a little bit of that in you. Yeah. Imagine Dragons before they hit... <laughs> Hey, I, I'm not going to lie. I was a big Imagine Dragons guy before they got popular. Yeah, no, they were really good right in the beginning. They've not so good now, but 
So for me, like the bands that really stuck out when I was young, there was this band called Foster the People, mm-hmm. which are pretty big now. I actually was not a huge fan of their most recent album, but the album Torches, um, which is I think a little, I think that's in the tens, two thousand eleven. Yeah, Torches to me was a interesting take on rock music where they really implemented vocalized electronic sounds. Like you could think of like um 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 like like weird like little like vocal clips over and over again and then you'd hear like strange like like weird robot sounds in the background while you'd hear live drums playing mm-hmm. or don't and, stop yeah that's really yeah so the, I mean I think Torches is one of their one of the great albums and I, when I listened to that that was an artist I was like who is this right and I can picture myself I'd click on the artist page and then Spotify does that thing where they're like other artists that are similar. That just sent me down this whirling rabbit hole. I think Cage the Elephant was connected to that. I was exposed to Cage the Elephant through a video game called Borderlands. Okay. They had an opening song in that game, and people really loved it. It was Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. Oh, uh, and Borderlands was like a cult classic in the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 era. That's funny. And, the, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and that, and that song is the opening song of, of that game. It starts with like a dog walking along in a desert. And it's like quiet. You hear like the sound like of the wind, right? And then the dog gets hit by a truck and the song <laughs> is blaring in the truck. Oh, And snap. so like it, it instantly sets up the tone of the game and like you get that like it, there's like a Western feel to the it's song. Sinister, too, the that's intro. Right? Yeah. I know you're going to hear me doing weird music intros, but if you know the song, you know what I'm talking about. And so, like though, like that kind of led me into listening to like Two Door Cinema Club, which is like really fast. Uh, that more has like an alternative rock, but there's also a, a funk element with the bass lines that are really super catchy. And and the guitar is like clean but fast, like like it has like a very like quick, clean guitar sound, but it's still driving, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then I also listened to. Passion Pit, M83, Gorillas, and MGMT, which are all great big artists. We can talk about them more. Um, if you don't know who Gorillas is, there was a there was a, I guess you could say indie band, but it was kind of big. Blur, yeah, Blur blew up in the '90s, but their lead singer left and created the Gorillas, which is like this strange collaboration art project of the lead singer of Blur. And it's technically electronic uh, virtual band, which is. It's weird. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. It's like the band is ever malleable because the members of the band are cartoon characters and you see, and they're plastered all over the artist uh, branding, mm-hmm. right? Is these four gorillas. All the music videos, the, and the concerts. Right. I think their music videos are really sweet too. Yeah, they are. And the gorillas continues to impress me with unique sounding music. Even their last three albums, which are like, hit or miss mm-hmm. when you listen through the albums. It's like some of those songs are obnoxiously loud. <laughs> like I need to be honest with you. Uh, what, what was the album with the four faces on the front that kind of looks like a Beatles album, but they're gorilla faces. Demon days, not demon days. From dozen four. Or from no, no, humans. D- no, uh, humans, humans. That is a noisy album. It's I'm a not, fun album. I don't think it's great actually, <laughs> No, I, but like there are interesting, it was good. Cause that was a more of a comeback. And so, yeah, there's interesting elements. I think that music video um, with Clint Eastwood. No, 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 no. I'm talking about de- uh, oh. not Demon Days. 
Uh, humans. Humans. There's that song with the weird alien like house. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. That's probably one of the creepiest music videos I think I've ever seen, but also so captivating. Um, it's just like... I think I only listened to the singles off of the album. So Here, I'm going to play the beginning of the track for you guys. Uh, the song is called Saturn's Bars. Yes, it's with... Um, who's it featuring? It's featuring an artist named Pop Can, who I, I believe is a British rapper. He comes across very interesting. But just like the... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it up for you. Listen to how unique the synthesizer is. Yeah, it's just such a weird. You sound. get the British accent now that you mention that. Yeah, yeah. And then you get like that cool like alien sound that's distorted with it. Like that's why the Gorillas is dope. Like you get this really interesting production with it. You definitely check out the song. He sings like with a Jamaican sounding. Maybe he's Jamaican. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but there's this weird accent where he's kind of slurring through his words, and then the lead singer uh, Blur comes Damon in with the, with the chorus and he sings like very monotone um if you get a chance check out the music video it's called saturn's bars very very weird you know what music video i'm talking about right no i haven't seen it you know, okay we're watching it afterwards it's so. like it's animated so strangely but it's like very it's it mixes elements of like 2d animation with real life or 3d kind yeah. of but then there's like claymation figures in there too it's very weird it's experimental almost film yeah yeah so i mean i think that for me like that's a gorilla standout even though i don't love that album then they released an album called trans afterwards which is very uh groovy and you can tell like i think what's the guy's name damon alburn damon alburn he i think he was kind of having like a fun summer studio album sort of sound and then they did one recently too right uh I mean, but okay, like, let's be honest. We're talking about 2000s indie music, right? Demon Days was huge. Yes. I mean, I think that album is like, it's probably done super well for the girls. They can do whatever they want. And so like, I don't know. Yeah. Can I say something? Yeah, that? go ahead. I think before I forget, one of the biggest things about the indie music that helped it was the Apple commercials. Because like, I believe that was one of the big songs that was played. And then Feist, one, two, three, four. You know that song? No, I don't know. Like one, two, three, four. Is the song called One, Two, Three, Four? Yes. It's yeah, but yeah, and so they helped. This is the song. Yes. I you, don't know if I know this song. You know the song? I mean, we're only gonna play the beginning. Yeah, just for the sake of it. Tell the the person's voice. One, two, three, four. Is it like? Yeah, I don't know. I'm shocked. Now you I don't know. It, I mean, it does sound like an Apple Apple commercial music, yeah. but. And she's had bigger. She's had other stuff prior to that song, right? But the point is that love is kind of a big deal to be played on Apple commercials, and a lot of them were indie people. Like, yeah, I mean the promotion of iTunes and exploration of music, buy music, buy music, buy music. That's like a big thing that Apple was mm -hmm. hitting home at the time. Yeah, with like the free song as well of the week. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Is that still a thing? No, because they killed iTunes. Oh yeah, all subscription services now. No more iTunes. It's weird. They didn't kill it. I bought music on it the other day. Really? Uh, yes. I actually... Oh, sorry. They, so, could, they could have killed it on Mac. Oh, they killed it on Mac. I'm not sure if you could still get it on. So the iTunes store still exists on my iPhone right now. Okay. And the reason I bought music is because I had an Apple gift card. 
and I wanted to buy songs that I could use as alarm clocks. Not the ring ring. Yeah, I'm so tired of that. So now I wake up to uh, Home. It's like an electronic artist. And uh, I also have some other cool indie songs. Blink 182. That's not indie. Not indie at all, but I Don't you dare play that. I listened to it. You want to listen to Travis Barker drum? No, I'm just kidding. I'm a big punk fan. Um, He should have died in the plane crash. I mean, M83, to me, I think that Midnight Cities is one of the best songs ever made. Yes, by Like... I, you know, I'm, I'm going to play it really quick. I have, I have been unable to skip this song every time it comes on. Its production is just magnificent. And there's something about that high note that you hear with the synthesizer that just makes you like, it's basically calling to you. It's saying, don't stop listening. Don't stop listening. You know? And then as it goes into the breakdown, there's like this 80s fusion with it, you know? It's really, I don't know. Like, to me, this song is like, I, I think, you know, my girlfriend Jules and I, she's an artist. She always talks about how this song is like one that will stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly believe that. And going back to the anthem, anthemic song, I think that's definitely up there. Oh, yeah. That's, and it's not with a live band either. It's right. like uh, anthem-like in a sense that is like, like there's that synthesizing electronic anthem with it. And I think that Porter Robinson... And even Skrillex to an extent, like some of these bigger electronic artists that came out, um, Maddion, um, Flume, sure. Flume, yeah, Flume's huge. Or uh, what's that other guy? Uh, slushy? No, not Slushy. Marshmallow. Okay. It's very anthem-like. Um, Tiesto. No, eh, he's more like I'm at Miami rave. You okay. know, I'm not too familiar with this um, genre. So there's one more I'm thinking of. Recent uh, Pink uh, something. Pink something. I think the song's called Pink Something. Okay. <laughs> Man, I can't. I can. Martin Garrix. Uh, Martin Garrix is pretty. Yeah, he's uh. pretty anthem like. I'm gonna be bummed. There's one guy named like Brahms son or something. I know Bron- I got that Charles wrong. Bron- no, Brahms. Um, and then anyway. there's, there's one more that's like Flume that I can't think of. It's gonna drive me nuts, dude. Um, hang on. I'm. I'm gonna. I know a song by him. Sweet. Corvette. I'll just ad lib. So, slow magic, slow magic, slow magic, and there's one more that I—it's not slow magic. There's another guy <laughs> that okay. I can't think of. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna find it. I—I I like this is the issue with listening to music is you're like, I know that song, I know that song, you know, and then, or sometimes you don't know how to describe it. Um, mm-hmm, definitely, until like you hear it or you're like, yes, that's the one, you know. I, actually, this is a side tangent. Have you ever used those apps that like are supposed to identify songs when you hold them up to it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Was it Shazam? Uh, but that, well, you look for that. I'll talk back to um, Midnight City. That was, it seemed like that was a good transition from the 2000, 2000s, 2010s. It was like really right in the first couple of, like first two years, it was a release, 2011, 12. And I think... That wave of genre music just shifted some of the music's indie scene as well. And they a lot of more bands continued to, to copy that as well. Yeah, the are you talking about with like the electronic synthesizing mm-hmm. backing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even I, though Passion Pit came a little bit before, but same idea. Like Yeah. By the way, the artist is called Petite Biscuit. Oh, I knew they are. Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't know. I, I really had to get that out. You're I'm petite sorry. biscuit. Thank, thanks for... Well, all right. No, no more of that. It's disgusting. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I mentioned the artist that really got me into looking into like what is indie music, right? Mm-hmm. 
what are the ones that you can think of that like really stuck out to you? Or or at the beginning where you're like, ooh, I'm kind of getting into this hipster scene. This is something that I'm I'm passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. Real quick, what four bands did you say? So I don't. Overlap. I said uh, M83, mm-hmm. The Gorillas, KG Elephant, Passion Pit, Foster the People, M2. Two Door Cinema Club, MGMT. I didn't say No and the Whale. I wrote it down. Okay. Um, there's this song. I, I know they are. They have or, like one stand up song that's like uh, Five Years Time. No, or, it's like. L A F E G O E S O M. It's it's called Life Goes On. Okay, um, maybe I, they have two songs I know of. I'm not sure if that's one of them. That's a good song. Okay. Uh, also, kind of having that crowd cheering. I mean, just the fact that I I mentioned that song and told you the line. Mm-hmm. They're spelling out words like that's baby music. Baby <laughs> music spells out words, but they made it in a way that's like consumable and you're like oh we're singing with the band and he says like you got heart kid you know like i don't yeah. know it's very like warm the music feels very warm and different i feel like that's the same way with walk the moon that's style but not to get on ta- tangent but i don't i don't even know if i could tell you a song by walk the moon shut up and dance with me i do know that song or quesadilla or the i know shut up and da- just kidding i no. regret saying that now shut up and dance oh yeah so some of the bands i think it was the early 2000s with Spotify, that early 2010s with Spotify that allowed for me to examine and branch out to different music. Like, I'm not sure if I like them now, but at the time was a lot of Mumford and Sons. Um, I feel like I don't have to look them up because you, you already hear the, the ba- crazy the freaking banjo. banjo. <laughs> yeah. What else? Um, let me check my list. There's a, there's a lot of interesting footage of MGMT out. Now, did you listen to their most recent album? I loved it. I see. I haven't given it a chance. But what was their real their major breakout? It was an oracular spectacular album, 2007. Time to pretend, kids, electric feel. Yeah, they have like a really cool. I I think it's it's kind of bordering on that electronic with a live band anthem punching sound. Mm-hmm. Um. You yeah. should play Electric Feel if you want to play Dude, them. it's so good. Yeah. This song is so good. Uh, there's great footage on YouTube of them recording it in the studio without them knowing that it's like it was going to be a big song, you know? Tim, you're like dancing. Dude, this is... I love it so much. It's like... I don't know, that bass line. I, I think I, I found new appreciation for the song when I... And that's Electric Feel by MGMT. Uh, I found new appreciation for the song when you, when you watch them live in the studio. You can hear each individual part. And they're recording it like they don't even know what the song's going to do, right? Yeah. Um, but like the bass line, that boom, 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 right? Like that, that mm-hmm. sound is like so like punchy when you're yeah. listening to it. Um, Unfortunately, they've said in statements in the press or whatever that they refuse to make an album like that again. They want to run away from it because it's like got too mainstream, I guess. And they, uh, just, which is interesting because they're pretty indie out there, but yeah, they're, they are strange. They have a, I mean, that album art has really strange, uh, the name oracular spectacular. <laughs> Come on. Like how, how more on the nose could you be? Right. It's pretty sweet, but yeah. Yeah. That's a good album. That's too bad too. Mm-hmm. Cause they really did kind of drive what seemed to be like a new way for people to make music. Cause there, there was that, there's like that era of like, Bands are still bands, 
and they're making music to sound like pop, but they're, they also have to be restricted to the sounds of a band, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then modern pop music has a singer with an electronic track underneath them or a rapper with a beat underneath them, and they're not finding a way to kind of connect with that. And I know that, I know that Maroon 5 is not indie, but they really started to embrace that kind of like synthesizer with the band sound. I don't know why, because like in the 80s, a lot of bands did that. Mm-hmm. But it was like it wasn't breaking through right away in the early 2000s, right? Right. Most of the bands were still limited to playing with their band members. And then... And all analog right, as well. As, as it... Well, not 100% analog. Right. Like digital became big in the 90s. The but 808s. Yeah. Like they began to branch out. I mean, like I talk about Blink-182 a lot right? Mm-hmm. They're a punk band. They're all about playing as a band. But you listen to their self-titled record in what, like 2002, 2003? Mm-hmm. They get really experimental and it led actually to like Tom DeLonge departing and making Angels and Airwaves, which is heavily synthesizer based, right? Mm-hmm. With a backing band on, like almost like the synthesizer parts are more important than the band playing with them. And so like I think indie music, indie music, even though it's a very cosmic term, right? Mm-hmm. Indie music like did pave a way for a lot of pop artists to lean into. Well, it's okay, you know. It's okay if I if I in- integrate these electronic sounds. You know, Maroon Five. I think of um, is that what's that song called? Love Somebody. Yeah, from Somebody. Some- I think it's Somebody. Love Somebody. Um, is out there? Pay- like payphone album. Yeah, overexposed. He's like, twelve. Somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But the beginning of that song starts with like a a synthesizer. Okay. Uh, which is which is I don't know, like it's it's different than like you listen to early Coldplay, where it's like they All are a, song they are a band, right? Mm-hmm. They are a band playing. Now you listen to Coldplay, and then it's like, where's the band, right? <laughs> like it's very different. Yeah. Um, and we kind of talked about that a little bit in our previous episodes with. Yeah. But I think it's cool how indie music was experimenting with that idea before the trend hit. And even so, I think indie bands today, which is a little bit of a side tangent, indie bands today are experimenting with veering away from that now. I mean, you listen to sort of like a surf rock or even someone like Mac DeMarco, who I know you're not a fan of, Tim, but like he's like adamantly analog. Mm -hmm. He will not like he records his stuff on tapes, you know? And he's like, I make music in my basement. That's like my whole thing, right? Right. And so it's all analog. Who cares about like the digital stuff? You got to get your head out of like Ableton and all that. Like it's all about that, the analog feel with it. And there's definitely a different feel to that as well. Oh, yeah. And and it usually comes across pretty well off the album, whatever it is. So where are we going now? I mean, let's just keep talking about bands. Okay. Um, Tim came in with a list. There's one band I want to close with to kind of finish this thought of indie music paving the way for pop. Okay, go for it. We're not going to get there yet. Oh. Because we're not closing. You have the XX on here. I do. Let's talk about them for a second. (laughs) I mean, what did you think of their, like, their new, did you listen to their new album? Yes. Uh, I was a little let down by it. Really? Uh, And maybe new is, is a is an incorrect term. I listened to an album that came out 2015, 2016 time. From them? Yeah, I think so. Is that the... I See You? I think so. It's like the Shiny Reflection. Who says? 
Yeah, no, XX. So Islands, mm-hmm. is that their album? No, the yeah. XX self-titled record. Yes, the intro, probably the most famous. Yeah, dude, that's like, that album is really great. 2009, I See You, that's the one I listened to. Okay. I didn't like it. And, and it wasn't that I didn't like all of the music, it was that I didn't like the mix of the guy's voice. Oh, really? I was adamantly against the guy's vocals. Because, I mean, I sing, right? Mm-hmm. You, ha- you had to suffer through the beginning of this podcast, right? You heard me singing, right? I- and I get it, right? One of the things that I struggle with, and it's probably going to be the thing that I'm that's driving me nuts uh, when I'm editing the show later, is the sound of my own voice, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the XX really cuts through with the way their guitars have, like, this extremely clean... I don't know. They're like clean and echoey mm-hmm. and they let the, the notes breathe. And then the vocals are very ominous. And I think that and the lyrics as well. Yeah. I think that, um, the song islands really captures it. I'll actually play it. Uh, so you can hear kind of the sound, but it's like that really clean, open guitar notes. And even the bass comes in. Listen to that like space. It lets like the notes really breathe in there. Um, but it's almost like a mumbling sound, singing, right? Yeah. It's really I don't know. the The guy's vocal is very like, uh, like really creepy, almost. It's it's kind of creepy sounding in this album. There are XX. Uh, I see you. Self titled. I think um, he speaks. He sings more on ICU. He sings more, mm-hmm. and I think it's the detriment of the album. Really? Uh, I actually think that he sounds... He sounds... Tired? He sounds less stylized. Yeah. He sounds vocally trained. And it's weird, because it's like, you should want better vocals, cleaner vocals. But to me, I think the the appeal of that band was like, I liked the creepy eeriness mm-hmm. you know the laziness behind like some of the delivery of the lyrics now he's focusing on clarity and pushing out the notes right and i was like i think you lost something really um which is kind of a strange thing about indie music is when they're rough around the edges they really stand out mm-hmm. and that the, and i think this kind of ties into like the black keys which i really liked their first beginning albums and now they've become kind of cleaner and cleaner and more mainstream. But mm-hmm. like those first albums are gritty, dude. They're like fat, nasty blues. Garage like, rock. Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, I don't wanna, I'm going to pull up something about it. But what do you think of that, Tim? Which one? XX or Black Keys? The idea of an indie band starting off rough and being more like attractive because of it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common thing. Well, um, I'm trying to think of, yeah, the Black Keys is a really good example how people flock to them and once they make it, they change and to get a wider audience and they kind of lose the feel. I want to reiterate, I don't think that their music is bad by any means. Which one? Of Black the Keys? Black Keys. I, 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 I like, to me, they've continued to turn out like awesome rock and roll music. Yeah. Um, I think the perfect example of that is actually Maroon 5, how they actually had a sense of identity with the first couple of albums mm-hmm. and then they lost a lot of it and like it's hard to like it's like what is this they were bluesy little blues rock in the beginning and now they're all mainstream pop I'm, I'm, man i've listened to Pl- brothers a lot this is a 2010 
Black Keys. Grammy nominated album. with Danger Mouse. <sighs> Play Tencent Pisso. That's a pretty gritty sound. No, dude. I want to do the one that I was playing earlier. I think it's She's Long Gone. Yeah. That's a fat guitar, dude. They're the only band that I can listen to that like utilizes like fuzz super well, which is a guitar effect that I cannot seem to master. But yeah, like the drums having like that weak, like the drums aren't recorded the best, but it still has like that cool like, oh man, it sounds like it's being recorded in a room that has a character in a setting. You can hear it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is me being a little bit like pretentious, but I think that that album sound is like the one that I was like, I love the Black Keys. They're awesome. And then the, in the early 2010s, like that was like my jam, dude. Um, and then the follow-up is no letdown neither. El Camino. There's tons of which I thought was solid. Oh, yeah. I, th I thought their 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 follow up was cool. It's just their their later music. It's like, it's all right. You yeah, know? and, you and I don't know if I've given it enough of a chance. I think a part of me was like I've just moved on from it. Yeah. Um, and I was, was going to say El Camino has a little bit of both. It has the the same feel grittiness of some of the songs, and some you can see the transition that they will produce the next couple of albums with Turn Blue and then Let's Rock, which like completely changed their sound. Yeah. Tim, yes. there are so many more artists on this list and we're at like 46 minutes. So oh. I'm going to kind of power through some and you got to you have to stop me. You have to say, hey, okay. I'm going to talk about them. Um, Real quick, I'll talk about the first two that yeah. we have. Yeah, 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 Yeah's and LCD Sound System. They're pretty different music. Yeah, Yeah's were a little bit more of a rock indie sound, but that reinvented the New York rock scene, like that genre. Same with the Strokes. You're probably familiar with them, right? Yeah, I like the Strokes. Yeah. And so they they became pretty much superstars overnight. And then, what else? I'm trying to think of where I'm going with my idea. But it had, like, it reinvented the rock and what kind of changed the next 10 years of how it sounded. And so a lot of bands tried to copy them, which some of them failed, and then some of them continue to be great now. That's my two cents on the first couple of us. You have TV on the radio mm -hmm. on here? I've never heard of them. No? no. Play them real quick. What am I looking up? Um, just type in them and then I'm blanking. Um, what kind of sound are they? They're mix. They're like little rock. Wolf Like Me? Yeah. That's the one you want to listen to? 60 million streams, Wolf Like Me, TV on the radio. I feel like I am a radio announcer, you know? I wonder if I've heard this. Sounds kind of familiar. Long drum intro. That's how you know it's indie. Okay. Obviously, I'm not going to give it full justice because we don't want to get too bashed on copyright. Sounds like a unique sound. Yeah. Kind of so like a band with like some. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of getting a feel for it. Yeah. And so they were. I won't say re revolutionary, but they had some big moments. Yeah. And at that time. Then, and yep. I still like, I've seen them once a couple years ago. Oh, past their prime, but still. Yeah. Still a good band. Like, good energy. We've talked about the National, Arcade Fire, mm -hmm. Bonnie Bear, Phoenix. I know that, I think Juliana met them in a studio session. I think that's what you told me before. Yeah. yeah that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it is cool. Um, Some of my all-time favorites as well. The Shins. The Shins. Are you familiar with them? Not really. No? They have Simple Song, 
um, New Slang. I think I've heard those two songs. Yeah. Somehow. A little bit more singer-songwriting. So Arctic Monkeys is on here next. Mm -hmm. I have listened to them. I always was like, oh, the Black Keys are better. That was like, I don't know. That was like my first thing when I heard them. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah. Like, I just, I remember listening to them. Uh, our, our Black Keys are way better. I don't, I don't need to listen to this. To me, they didn't have that standout grittiness that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. I don't want to discredit it, but it just never caught with me. Right. What are your thoughts on, like, Arctic Monkeys? Because I think you're a fan, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I like, I like, I prefer their newer stuff. But the new, older stuff, the intro was a little bit more punk rock. Not super punk, but a little bit more rough around the edges. They came from UK. Super huge there. And then they came out with my first favorite nightmare, I believe, something like that, 2007. And then they broke out with AM, 2013, the self titled Arctic Monkeys, like, Why'd You Only Call Me When You're High? Or there's a couple other songs I'm, I'm forgetting, the big songs. But they're, they've they really changed their sound. They, they true identity in their pre last album. It's like a whole conceptual album like a on a, ho a casino hotel on the moon like very mm. 60s five yeah kind of kubrickian of 2001 so that's where i stand with them sounds interesting i yeah. i think i need to give them another chance if i'm being yeah. honest they're not terrible or they're not amazing but they're probably one of the better bands still mm. and then muse we talked about muse yeah up. I don't know if there's much more to say. I'm sure there's a lot of music fans out there that hate me saying <laughs> that. I think if you like them, you like them. Mm -hmm. um, they're very talented. Yes. Uh, but I, I don't know why it, they don't catch me as much. Willico. Willico. <laughs> Tim, we can't go through all these. No. I, I got to start skipping over oh, some of them. Willico, real quick. They probably have the greatest album of the century so far. You think so? I'd say so. And I'm not, I'm, I might be a little biased because I love it so much. Yeah. But it's probably top two, three albums of all time. I've never heard of the band. No. Never. No. So they're a folk band, folk, bluegrass, country, rock, indie stuff. From oh, I hate country, dude. Little country. Old, <laughs> older stuff is country. Yeah. Okay. Maybe old country I can do. But they got really pop. There's some controversy with them, but they got popular like 2003. And then after 9-11, they had like albums about the American fear. Mm. And so a lot of people catapulted to that like held on to that and that's probably their masterpiece i'm not sure if anything else you want to talk about that well, i don't know anything about them oh. so i think you summarized good yeah uh, i want to talk about the killers for a second mm -hmm. are they indie i'm not sure at the moment like, uh, i th at their debut i'd say so okay well but like everybody's 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 debut is probably a little bit yeah. of an indie scene right now it's probably more alternative I, the biggest critique that I have of the the killers is that the guy can't sing. What? Yeah, no. yeah. How I, dare you? I he just like. Have you listened to him? Like, if you actually sit there and listen, um, I mean, everybody knows Mr. Brightside, mm -hmm. and he, like the 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 actual melody of that song is da 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 am i wrong no that's the melody that's still amazing i mean like i think the song is good right yeah i just don't think that he is an interesting vocalist you know fair enough sure he sticks out but maybe not in the best ways i will still listen to that song 
I still like I still have the killer saved on my on, in my playlist, right? Mm-hmm. I think with them it's it's hard to follow up with such an amazing perfect debut album. Like each album next to that has just fallen off. And so that's kind of my only I think it's a common theme with a lot of indie bands is that they'll kind of catch fire mm-hmm. and then they have a hard time following it up. Out, out of the whole list of this, I mean, for me personally, Bon Iver has been one of the few that's actually been able to capitalize off his success. I think that the Black Keys do it too. Mm-hmm. Vampire Weekend. I'd say that they have a, each album's 10 out of 10. You like Vampire Weekend? Yeah, I think... One, they're pretty quirky, pretty... They're from Oxford. They graduated from Oxford, all four of them. Yeah. And so they're pretty smart. And then that's what they got their hate a little bit. Like, oh, they're quirky band, super smart people playing like different African beats, Jamaican beats, all that. But I like them. I like their first few albums. Mm-hmm. Um, did you check out last year's album? I didn't. Right. That's yeah. a good album. It's Is that the one with the New York skyscraper? No, that's... Modern Vampires of the City. Yeah. The one I'm talking about from last year, I forget what it's called. But it has the world, like the like the Connie. I don't think I listened to it. Okay. And so each one is a solid ten out of ten and they don't seem to drop off. Speaking of a band that did drop off. Fun. Uh, fun. Oh my god. What happened to them? They I think they like they caught on like that guy's voice. Talk about a good vo- like he's a good vocalist. Yes. Um that song We Are Young. I think he like just has incredible clarity and style in the way he delivers it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even like that song that much. Like I listen to it and I'm like, this is meticulously like made. It's it's like it's a bop. Like it just caught, right? Yeah, it caught fire. And it's hard for it's hard to ignore a song like that. Even if I don't love the song, it still like earns my respect. <laughs> It's yeah. hard. It's hard to describe. But then they just vanished. I thought they could have like. I mean, I don't know if they vanished. I think they might have just found different opportunities, right? Because yeah. uh, um, what, what's that guy? Jack name? Antonoff. He's exploded last couple of years. Oh. Bleachers is the band he's in now. He also is like writing all the major hits for Taylor Swift. Yeah, for Saint Vincent. He's well. He's all over the place, working with. He's in a. He's a uh, extremely Yorker. influential songwriter today so you i guess you can't really say that fun like fell apart but it was just weird that the band like came and left so quick yeah real quick with that i mm-hmm. think gautier was another band that fell apart so quickly is that the guy somebody that i used to know yes that's like yeah that's like, like 2012 a one hit wonder yeah that guy's got a cool peter gabriel style voice too yeah and that good- song was like that's one of those songs that was like i think this song's gonna be one of those songs that it's still pretty indie, but it got into the mainstream so like so loud in there. Yeah. But yeah. This is, you know, I wouldn't say that they blew up, but there's a band called The Naked and Famous. Yeah. And and they're fairly successful. I loved, is it Punching in a Dream? Is that their album? That's one of the songs on Passive, it. Passive, Aggressive, or Passive Me, You, Aggressive, I believe. 2010 or 11 or nine. This album was one of the albums that I think really helped me. Yeah, passive me, aggressive you. Yeah, they have really want to explore more of the Naked and Famous. I actually like their newest song, um, Sunseeker. I think it's really good. I think I've listened to it. I could play a little bit of it. I think it still sticks to their roots while being like evolutionary, mm-hmm. um, which is hard to do as we're, as we're kind of talking about, right? Sorry, I'm trying to type and talk. Yeah, no worries. 
This is Sunseeker by The Naked and Famous. It's a single release. It's definitely more EDM. But, oh, you don't like it? It sounds more pop, Mm -hmm. but it still has that Naked and Famous vibe. Here, I'm going to turn down a little bit so we can talk over it. Could you fast forward a little bit? Yeah, I can. Well, it's it's right here. That's what I'm talking about. Like, this is kind of like... Now I see it. It's yeah, a little bit more... It sounds a lot more like... Like the reverb. Naked and Famous. Yeah. They have like a dual vocal part going at the same time. Okay. And then that's like very Naked and Famous. And then they have like those strange synthesizers that really pop out, you know? Mm-hmm. And this... The chorus... Oh, yeah, I know the song. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you. I, I still think that they're they're being successful. And that's what I want to say is like, I fell in love with their 2010 album and I listened to their other albums and I wasn't disappointed. Okay. Which is surprising for any music, at least for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Let's keep moving. I don't know a lot of the albums, Tim, okay. basically, because you he's given me a list. 27 and through 40 is tough for me. Okay. Pose um, a service? We could, do you know a little bit about them? He's, no. Okay, so Ben Gibbard, I, they're probably the more famous one. Ben Gibbard from Death Cat for Cutie and the different artists, I forget the name of, Dante, I believe, they partner up. Back in 2000-ish, they produced this little album that's become a cold favorite. Pretty indie called... It's Postal Service by Giving Up, I believe. 2003, um, Such Great Heights. You will know that song by far. But I think you would. Let me listen to it. Such Great Heights by the Postal Super Service. Super catchy. It sounds like Owl City. Before Owl City. So. I guess so. This yeah. is cool. It is. I like the sound of it. I don't think I've ever heard this song. Because I really recognize this. I'm serious. You've never heard this song before? That's in, that's how indie music works, Tim. But this is like the staple of indie music, so it's... Well, I'm not a indie... I don't consider myself an indie fan. And how can you even do that, right? So, because like, it sounds awesome. Yeah. I can't... I don't know if we should play anymore. No. But, you know... So, like, supposedly there was works or talks of another album, but that's all fell apart and most likely they'll never reunite again. But... Oh. Yeah. But, I gotta be honest. Yeah. Death Cab for Cutie... Yeah, they're hit or miss for me. Yeah, I don't really know if I would ever say I liked them too much. It's funny you have Empire of the Sun on this list. Yeah, why, um, why so? They have that one song. Walking on a Dream. Yeah, it's pretty good. It is. And I don't know anything else by them. And that album art is hideous. It's interesting. I'm not sure it's hideous, but it's out there. Flor- uh, you know, Florence and the Machine. Oh my gosh, yes. You're a big fan of this. Let's play a song by them because I don't really know if I could tell you one. What? Yeah, I'm serious. Oh my gosh. Dog Days Are Over. Let's do that one. No, that's too, main, too mainstream of indie. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, of all indie people, that's everyone knows that song. Dog Days Are Over. Have I heard it? Your typical. I don't know. Fast Sounds forward like to a... the chorus. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be able to get it on the first try because I don't know the song, but. Ah. Okay. All right, here. This is like a little bit in. I'm pretty sure Juliana likes Florence and the Machine. Yeah. She's got a good vocal, right? Fun fact. Yeah. I've sang with her on stage, not on stage, but at Outside Lands. Like she was like walking around to different people and then she put her head in front, like in my head and we sang a little bit. Wow. It's weird. But it's magical. It was magical. Romance. Yeah. (laughs) That's what makes you want to get back. Yeah. Um, Keep going. Let's see. um, Grizzly Grizzly Bear? I don't know. Okay. They have have a good indie sound, so kind of rockish. They broke out with Yellow House in the early 2000s. And then they've been their album releases have been spar sparse. 
Mm-hmm. But each album they produce, it's phenomenal, quirky, brilliant stuff. I'm looking down the list more because mm-hmm. we're running out of time here, and I want to get to that last album or the the last artist that I really want to touch on. Which one? No, which number is that? Uh, that is twenty three. So don't spoil it yet. Okay. Um, hmm. Temper Tramp. Uh, you have Tramp. here on forty eight. Yeah. yeah, I only know them because this is one of those indie bands that like people didn't know them until they broke through with that soundtrack fall in our stars song. No, um, five hundred days of summer, five hundred days of summer. Um, Sweet disposition. I think, you know, for a song that goes commercial, I think that like the delay at the beginning is immaculate. I'm a guitar player. What can I say? I like had to learn this song. The second I got a delay pedal. So good. It's a great tape delay. Um, That's really good. And then Love Lost, like down the, it's one of the other big songs. You could s- skip for a little bit. All right. This is going halfway in Love Lost. They have a very like consumable sound that you like want to keep listening to. Mm-hmm. I'd say it kind of goes alongside like an old Coldplay sound. Yeah. I was about to say that. Um, like, still, still really good though. They copy that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Beck is on here. Talk mm-hmm. about an artist that really reinvents himself all the time. All the time. If you don't listen to Beck, let me just explain to you with two songs why Beck is crazy. And I've never been the biggest fan of Beck, but I always appreciate when artists change, even though it could be like terrible reaction from the fans or good. But I, I love that. Same with David Bowie. I uh, think it's strange though, because it's like you want to hone in on a craft and evolve, uh, evolve but like... The thing about Beck, the reason I can't stop loving him is because even though he's reinventing himself, he makes wild music like this slide guitar. What this is 1994. Like this is indie music like crazy, you know? Yes. And then he like drunk raps over it, which is like, what the heck is going on? You know, for for music, and I want you to hear the drunk drunk rap. So I'm talking over. This is it. It's so weird. It's super weird. You know, and then like in 2014, because he's still making music, right? 20 years later, Blue Moon. Uh, This is Morning Phase. Um, Like now he's coming out with music that sounds like this in 2014. Very different than what you were just listening to. I'm going to skip in. Oh, super chill. You know, this is a great song. Morning from Morning Phase 2014. Super like echoey reverb kind of voice with it. Sounds like a closing track of an album or a film. I'm just like, no, it's good. Seeping with talent. Beck is like, he's just his new stuff real quick. It's super electronic. Oh yeah. I mean, he constantly does different things, right? It's like, yeah, I don't, I mean, that's a commitment to music. Mm -hmm. I see beach house on here. There's a revival of kind of like surf rock, which I love. Would you say beach house is surf rock? I think they're kind of borderline. They're slower. They're like a slow beachy vibe. It's that. Honestly, I don't know what beach. It's overturned reverb on a guitar. Okay. And then it has like this tropical sound. I I always think of the drums, um, which is very like surf rock. Similar to XX drums or no? No, the drums here. Do you you know the drums? Oh, the the band, the drums? Yeah. Mm, No. No. This is like, this is their sound. 
that is like that's like a surf rock sound. Yeah, like right? Beach Boys. Almost, yeah. But then there's like more of a psychedelic hint to it. But Beach Boys gets kind of psychedelic later on, right? Yes. So um, Beach House. I, I kind of disagree. Disagree with you that one. I'm sorry. I I didn't realize you said Beach House. <laughs> You wrote Beach House. I wasn't thinking about uh, this band. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. I'm not crazy. Play Levitation or... This is the song I think of. This is... This is not Beach. Whatever. What? Yeah, this is more psychedelic. I was getting it meached up with... Uh, beach Lang? Beach Fossils. Beach Fossils, okay. Beach Fossils is an actual, like... I mean, come on. What's a beach fossil? A shell. This uh-huh. is Beach House. This song, Space Song... On what is this album? Uh, Depression Cherry. Depression Cherry. This is a great song. Yeah. This song, like. Sounds like they're hitting the cat and the cat's like making all these weird noises. It's awesome. That's that's an awesome sounding guitar. I mean, I'm sure if they ever listened to this podcast, they'd be offended that you'd made that sound over their song. Check out Space Song, though. I I think it's like. I mean, Beach House, good indie music. I'm so salty at my old work because I was supposed to go to the concert and I was, they didn't give me a day off for that. Like, oh, well. Uh, last couple ones on this list. Um, I think uh, Fowls is great or Foles or... Yeah. Uh, They've really... One of the other bands on this list that they haven't dropped off of each of... They have some of the two better albums last year. They released two parts of the same idea. Fowls did? Yeah. It's Everything Will Be Lost. Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost Part 1 and 2. So, I think yeah, I think I've listened to those albums. Yeah, Exits is probably one of their bigger songs of that those series. And I also they, like um and they reinvented the rock, indie rock as well. Yeah, they're pretty good. I I like their song Number. Yeah. Or My Number or something. Mm-hmm. That song's really good. Um Cold War Kids is on here. I think they're kind of similar to Files. And then there's also Group Love, which is really weird. I don't know how I feel about Group Love. I love their debut album. I haven't I haven't been impressed with their other stuff. And then Future Islands. Are you familiar with them? No. At all? Nope. Okay. They're a really good synthy band, kind of like what we've been talking about. Somebody's that's actually what the next band we'd be talking about has a very good idea. So to close this episode, there's one band that I just adore. I I I was so not a believer. Oh, you weren't? I was not a believer. And my brother was like, you were just wrong, dude. Like, you need to listen to this album. The album is Currents from the artist Tame Impala. Just let it happen. That entire album is a masterpiece. Like, I, I, I don't know how else to say it. And I know at this point we're, we're talking about indie music. We're just rambling about our favorites, which is usually what the show turns into, right? <laughs> But yes. Tame Impala, the reason I wanted to save him for last is that he really shows the indie symptoms where it's like he's an artist that's kind of underground a little bit. Yeah. And he creates this album that is so like packaged well together. Apparently he wrote all the songs quickly yes. after a breakup. Yeah. And then and over a few months produced them all, but he wrote all of them quickly like with the emotion of that breakup the, sorry go ahead go the, ahead the crazy thing is that he's a one-man band when he produces this stuff yeah and only when he's live or touring he has a whole band so it's amazing that and he did with a little a mac computer his last occurrence and people like adore him they they listened to that album and it exploded so much and the reason i bring it up is because it was so good that rihanna a top charts artist that year 
Rihanna. Have you heard of this? I, her, I love her. You know? Yeah, she's I so think good. she's great, right? Yeah. She took Tame Impala's song and put it on her album, singing it. I'm surprised. Which is, the less I know, the better. When he told me that, I was shocked. I had no idea that. I heard the Rihanna song first before I knew about him. Wow. And he's not even credited on the song, I don't think. Oh, really? Uh, let me see. The, was this part of an album or this like a single? Less I know, the better. So, um, I have a meme for you. I'm trying to find from Tim and Paula. That's fine. Why? Just to give it. I just, what is this meme? It it's, says Tim and Paula fans, uh, 2008 to 2015. They're all smoking. And weed. then 2000. And then in 2015, Tim and Paula fans, they're female uh, wine drinkers, <laughs> white moms <laughs> drinking wine. Isn't that, that the most spot on thing about that? It's pretty, pretty accurate. It is, but, I'm trying to find this song. But it's amazing for the, even with that meme, it's all kind of, kind of psychedelic. Not kind of, it's pretty psychedelic, almost like a John Lennon voice off Lonerism with Elephants, some of the songs. And then, what was he, just reading about him a couple of days ago, he mentioned that he's, he was listening to a lot of R&B at the time, during occurrence, mm-hmm. and he just like, oh, I want to make a, a clean sounding R&B sound. And so he went for it and produced Currents. Which I'm sorry. It's not the less I know the better. That is a great song on the album from Currents. The song is Same Old Mistakes. Um, it's on Rihanna's album, Anti. This is her playing it. This is legit on her album. Sounds what? No, this it, is... It is the same song. So, so I'm going to skip in. This is her singing it. Oh my gosh, what? It, it, that's how big this song was. No, it's crazy how sound they sound similar. Yeah, so I'm going to play a song that sounds identical, and it's the Tame Impala version, which came out... Um, 2015. A year before. Yes. So this is The Less I Know the Better by Tame Impala. Oh, wait. No, no that's... No. Whoops, that's the other song. <laughs> I keep getting them mixed up. It's called... I My, my Bad. My Bad. It's called Same Old Mistakes, but it's called New Person Same Old Mistakes on his album. So it's a different song title. It's a different song. I mean, it is the same song. Different but like, feel. This is what I'm saying. Indie music has a ton of power over the mainstream. And when, a, when an album like Currents comes out, like huge artists like Rihanna, they notice. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's industry breaking. I know people who have heard this album... Um, and if you haven't, like, seriously, sit down, take a look, li- like, you got to commute, you know, you're listening to a podcast, pull up Currents by Tam Paula, listen through it, man. Like, mm-hmm. it is, it is really unique. It's yes. something you don't want to miss. It's, it's kind of a long album, we're not going to lie. And there's, it gets challenging, certain songs, but. I think it really holds its, its yeah. own all the way I was through. I just say, yeah, it's a very. I don't listen to a ton of albums and I could sit through this one. Wow, that's uh, and and I and true. I think you have to love synth if you're listening to it. If you don't, if you can't appreciate synth, then I don't know what you're gonna think. Uh, you might think it's artsy weird, which um, it is. It is. I I want to play one more Go song. It. Let it happen is so sick, dude. Like the opening track, it's a trumpet just blasting that single note right over and over again. It's that same like sound design thing that I'm talking about with uh, M83's Midnight City. It's always hitting that high note. We should just close with this. I mean, we could. 
it's just man like i can't rave enough that this album is just awesome i it, it is seriously great new album comes out thursday yeah and i've seen his music video it's pretty it's pretty cool uh his new music are you i'm not sure how to feel about it it's like like what we've been talking about <laughs> it's, yeah it's hard right currents i mean he hasn't put out music for five years this album was that big. And I think he was probably at a loss. Like, I don't know what to do. I got so much success. I don't know how to follow that up. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know how an indie artist would follow up that kind of breaking success, right? Yeah. Um, and, and this is something I talk about with Jules, and I cannot speak from experience. I'm not an artist, recording artist yet. Hopefully. Who knows? I mean, after that beautiful performance earlier. You know. Jules, give him a contract. <laughs> um. I think that if you're making, creating music, you got to make something that you love, right? Mm-hmm. You you have to dive into that. And when Tame Impala released Currents, it was like so real to him, I think. Mm-hmm. It was so real to where his heart was at and what he wanted to say and write. And you release that and it's so well received that suddenly, what do you do next, mm-hmm. right? I have heard, Juliana has told me, and I'm only speaking about Juliana because she's in the music industry. And he, Juliana she's has told me, yeah, she's my girlfriend. Juliana has told me that there have been people that have come to her and said, you should break up with your boyfriend because heartbreak leads to better songwriting. Going through different relationships will give you more ideas. Doing things like that. Cause she writes a lot of pop and, and about relationships and whatnot. And you know, it doesn't offend me. I think that's decent advice from their part. <laughs> But at the same time, would that be really real for her to write music about that artificial yeah. relationship turning? No, she writes better relationship songs about observing other people's relationships than even observing her own. Wow. I mean, like, to be honest, Jules and I, we sit around, we eat, we have fun, we laugh. That's it. You know, we're good. We're happy with that. Mm-hmm. Right. She doesn't need me to be stirring up crap so she can write good music. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead, she sadly just looks at, you know other people's lives and says, Hey, this is a great plot for a song, you know? Um, but I think, I don't know, like indie music, hopefully we're kind of getting a good vibe for it. Right. And we're only speaking about the, the era that meant indie to us. Right. Of course, if you're a listener who's older, you might have a different era. That's like, Oh, this indie scene was big for me. Like like the Pixies, which is huge or, or like, you know, maybe punk music or grunge music coming up, mm-hmm. right? Like to you, that was the indie scene. For us, we're kind of talking about artists that broke through for us growing up, right? Um, but I think indie music is like raw, you know? It's that like, it's before the break, before the corporate team tells people like what they need to make, right? Which is sad. <laughs> it's like that. But yeah, it totally, it's pretty much on, what's the word? It's, they don't go checked and so they're they have the ability to do whatever they want i think that's like why it's important to explore look back and think about and even like today when music is so accessible like to actually go out and listen to people that have like no listens like the other day tim you know i do worship for a church i listen to this band i'm gonna look them up because if if you like if you know if you're into church music worship music i'm sorry i'm tired of church music okay this, this is my honest opinion I'm tired of church music because I play it all the time. There's this band. Elevation. No. Stop it, Tim. Bethel. Oh, my gosh. Can we not? Can we, no. Never mind. Hey, I'm a, I am like Bethel. <laughs> there is. A weird philosophy. <laughs> a artist named Nick Smith. He has one song on Spotify. 
What's I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of a church song for you folks. If you're not religious, I'm sorry. Okay. This song is called Savior and King. I heard this and I said, this is the kind of guy I want to listen to in the future. Just like, what? This came out 2019. You like it? Yeah. For me, I'm like, this is different, right? This is a callback to really old style of music. Yeah. But like, for me, when I heard it, I was like, thank goodness someone is out there making what they want to make. And I don't care if he has one song, I'm going to listen to that. You know? I was surprised. I thought you were going to say, I thought they're going to be shocked of how terrible it was. But you shocked me. Like, that's a lot better. Yeah. Different. Like, it's like a groovy, like, it coffee shop. Like, Hawaiian a little bit. Yeah, like, we're laid back. We're playing in a, in a, in a, in a cafe. And, like, I don't know. For me, it's like, that's why indie music is important. It's refreshing. You know? Yeah, exactly. Refreshing. It's not the same old crap all over again. And I guess that's kind of our, our main point as well about how refreshing the indie music is. Yeah, I mean, I think this, this whole episode has been sort of like a, a, indie brainstorm like why is it important what Mm -hmm. are we talking about why why are we talking about it right Mm -hmm. and tim and i we didn't even really know we brought a bunch of artists that we thought were notable from an era that we were growing up in right so i mean if you're listening to this and you're like who are these artists i don't know them well maybe your era of indie music is different right like the the artists who are underground like i mean you look at someone like tyler the creator who won a grammy i know you're not crazy about him but he's like really unique and weird yeah Right. And he's climbed up to the top and it's like, people are crazy about him. Like people love him now. And I think it was because it started with him making, and he even said it in his Grammy speech. I'm thank you for believing in the thing that I wanted to make. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's so valuable as an artist to hold on to that. Yeah. Any closing thoughts, Tim? Um, I'm excited to see what the next 10 years, the next decade comes up with as we enter it. Yeah. To see, like I said, we mentioned the new Tame Impala album, and there's other stuff coming out that should be big and important and indie, but it's just learning, trying to love, and still staying, um, you, not young, but still staying with the times of what yeah, the indie you know, scene we'll is. Explore. I think my, my biggest fear as an individual is being like, oh, music back in the day was so much better. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the accessibility of music today, it's not going to be as hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not this, like I forced myself to listen to the charts. Yeah. Okay. And the charts are really good indication of where music is going too. Yeah. But I suffer through it, but yeah. I don't tell myself this is horrible because I don't like it. I tell myself this is horrible because I don't like this thing or I don't like this part. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm trying to be sober in, in checking, like, even if something's like, for instance, Billie Eilish, right. Mm-hmm. Very different out there. Top of the charts girl. Right. Yeah. Not my kind of music. But I completely respect like where she's going and what she's doing with it, um, mm-hmm. and I think like being open minded with listening to music can really help you find some cool gems. That's what indie music's all about, man. Yeah, do you T- want- Tim, uh, I got to show you that Grella's music video. Yeah, do you want to play off a song as an outro? Oh, geez. All right, hit me with it. Passion Pit. Ooh, I like Passion Pit. Yeah. Have what you- are we playing? No. Um, so anything off one of their big songs off. Their debut album. That's cool. All right. Here we go. I'm pulling it up. Any final thoughts? Are we logging off? I think <laughs> definitely logging off. Um, I like Carried Away. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. This is Carried Away by Passion Pit. We're going to play a sample and the show will end. So here it is. Eventually.
if it ever plays. Everything Comes From Something is a fully fan-funded podcast that happens because of listeners like you. And a huge shout-out to our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you for supporting the show. I know I've been saying that part for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes, but seriously, you guys have been a huge blessing for making sure this podcast continues to go. Remember, if you want to support the show just like they do, you can check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. throw a couple dollars away, get a couple benefits remember all the benefits if you're a patreon are done through patreon patreon messenger yes you can just shoot us a message right there and boom we'll see it we'll put it on air um that's that's how it works take advantage of those again if you don't have money totally cool i know i'm a broke college kid i get it you can just tell friends and family spread the word about the show it's a little weird it's a little quirky it's a little different maybe someone of Uh, Some of the people or your friends will like it. And you can always give us a rating on iTunes. That seriously helps. Again, we thank you guys for all the support that you give us. We love you, and we will see you next week.